With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. Feel the burn. This week's movie is our killer workout and death spa. No pain, no gain. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at MNDriveInPod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to the Midnight Drive-In at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food or drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. Drive away your worries and cares at this drive-in theater. That's why, to familiarize you with the movie rating symbols which will be used by this theater, we present the following guide for parents and young people. X, no one under 17 admitted. I learned my computer is officially too old because uh, every time there's a Windows 10 update, my mouse stops working. (laughs) (laughs) So I have to go, every time there's a Windows 10 update, I have to go in and manually roll back the drivers because I don't think my mouse pad is supported technology anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you know, listen, you know your mouse is out of date when, you're, when your mouse quits working when a Windows update happens because that is a simple piece of technology that has not changed much over time. Well, it's, it's not even a mouse. It's the touchpad that's attached to the laptop. <laughs> it was oh, built Jesus. in. Oh, that's even worse. <laughs> But it's happened twice now. Windows updates come through, and then, like, when I turn on the computer, I have a mouse. But then when I log into Windows 10, it goes away. And, of course, Windows is designed to be used uh, without a mouse, right? It's not really mouse-dependent, so so easy to navigate. So how was you guys' week? Is it delightful? It was about the same as every other week. Yeah. Amanda was gone for two I, days. I had a bunch of... So. Oh, oh, yeah? Yeah. Does so that mean you watched, like, a bajillion movies? I did. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven movies to talk about. Sweet fuck. It's like a bajillion in many ways. Scientific uh, term for uh, counting. I've been feeling guilty all week. Why? Well, because last week we spent all that time debating about that dog digging up that human bone, and I forgot that I had a story about people who had a dog dig up a human bone. And (laughs) it's like, like, that would have been the perfect opportunity to tell it. Uh, Yeah. Now I missed it. 
it's ruined. I forgot to uh, mention the most intriguing piece of trivia, which is uh, the house that Corey Feldman is painting is actually the same house they used for the Munsters TV show, which is why they never showed the front of it, because it was too recognizable. Also explains why it needed to be painted. Munsters probably let it get run down. Bunch of assholes. It's always... It's always bad when a bunch of monsters move into your neighborhood and start lowering property values. Well, what I like about that trivia is the fact that they needed a rundown old-looking house, and they didn't use the monsters' house. They had a different one. I just, w- yeah, wouldn't it have been better to use the monsters' house? Because then people would recognize it as the monsters' house, but it would just be part of the joke. That's what I'm saying, and that it would be a sick, like, Easter egg thing for people who know yeah. the monsters. Be a very meta, is, like... Is anything from the monsters that recognizable? Apparently their house. What year was that again? Like, 89? I don't know. 88, 89? Somewhere now. When was the... When did the monsters go off the air? 50s? I'm surprised that house was even up to code. No wonder. Maybe that's what Feldman was really doing there, was trying to get it up to code. Well, was it was it the original Munster's house, or was it the the attempted relaunch of the Munster's house? The Munster's today? Terrible one in the 80s? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. That makes more sense. That would explain why the house wasn't in black and white. Brian, are you drunk? No, why? <laughs> I, I don't know. I <laughs> I, I don't know if it's the mic cutting out, but it sounds like you're uh, slurring your words a little bit. <laughs> it, you sounded drunk when you were like the monsters today. Like, no, no. it's cool if you are. It's fine. It's nothing. No. I mean, just means it's going to be good. Computer was updating. Good audio quality for recording. It's all right. I think I think maybe it was just a weird delay or something, but it just I don't know. It made it sound like you were slurring. It was monster today. Does anybody remember Munsters today? That's correct. Kind of. It what they had a pilot episode and then it was done pretty much, right? Uh, I mean, I think they aired like maybe three or four episodes. Uh, I remember being excited when I was a kid, like, wanting to be excited about it. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say I remember being real hyped for it, and then it being on TV and being like, oh. <laughs> Well, this isn't as good as I thought it was going to be. Oh, speaking of that, did anybody notice the uh, the new bat suit's been revealed? Oh yeah, uh, looks like a bat suit. End of anyway. Yeah, well, weird, weirdly metallic bat symbol with a. It looks like a detachable bat stitching. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's see here. I have not seen it yet. It was like a little one-minute video that the director put up. He released it to his personal Vimeo account if you want want to find the original. Vimeo was his idea of reaching the largest audience. I'm watching it right now. I know, it's pretty exciting. Well, if if they didn't put that fucking red filter on it so you can't fucking see anything. (laughs) Yeah, I think they're trying to cover up the color scheme. Well, it's a color test. It's a camera test. I mean, it's not not like a... uh... Uh, pre-authorized like reveal of anything. Yeah, I mean the release the release they did of the concept art. The one thing that I was kind of excited about is it looks like they might be going with the uh, the the long bat cow ears and then the uh, the full length cape. You know what I mean? Like the the one that drags. Yeah. 
Which would be interesting because they haven't really done that yet. I'd like to see one that comes over the shoulders properly. So he can do that cool look when he's standing there trying to be all intimidating like in the animated series. Yeah. Right, right. He's getting completely shrouded, kind of. Yeah. I'd like to see some blue in it, too. I feel like with technology being what it is, they could put some blue in it without it looking cheesy. I'd kind of like to just see the uh, the gray and yellow suit just once. You know what I mean? Not just gray and yellow, no blue at all? Well, the the like the, the Jim Lee style, you know what I mean, where it's like the majority of the suit's gray and then the cowl and the uh, cape and the gloves and stuff are black. And then yeah. the symbol's yellow and then he's got the yellow belt. All right. Yeah. Um, to, to me, that's like classic Batman. That's what Batman's supposed to look like. The full black suits I always associate with grim dark for some reason. I'm like, oh, now he's serious, Batman. That's pretty much the goal of those suits. Gotta watch out. He's grumpy, Batman. Now they took the gray out of his suit. Yeah. I remember that's what uh, people were complaining about when they first revealed the Ben Affleck suit. They're like, oh, he looks like sad Batman. I'm like, because well, there's usually a happy Batman. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I was gonna, that's just Batman. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, they designed. I, I thought the Ben Affleck suit was awesome because I mean, they were trying to make him look like Frank Miller Batman, and he yeah. looked pretty dead on for what yeah. Frank Miller Batman looks like. It sucks that the movie sucked, but yeah, it's yeah. like that wasn't the problem. <laughs> yeah. No, that's what I always told people. People are like, what? Fucking Batfleck? And I'm like, listen, Ben Affleck as Batman was like the least problem in any of those movies. Right. The script and the the writing and the directing and the cinematography. Those were the problems. Yeah. Because, man. I don't know if I'd put directing or writing. I'm not sure where to to start those. Because, I mean, if you edit together, like, the scenes of, like, Ben Affleck doing Batman stuff in those movies, like, those scenes are pretty awesome. Like, the shit where he breaks into the warehouse and just starts, like, beating the shit out of people. Like, that stuff is fantastic. I I was going to say, the first time you see him, whenever he's up in that corner and the light just kind of goes across him, that was, it it almost convinced me that that movie wasn't going to (laughs) suck. And and then it sucked. (laughs) But then you watch the rest of the movie. Yeah, and then I yeah. saw the rest. I should have just stopped right there. I should have just walked out of the theater and been like, man, they nailed it. <laughs> that 35-second movie was the best. Yeah, the next the next time somebody tells you that Ben Affleck was miscast as Batman, you show them that Martha scene and then look at them and ask them for the perfect casting role that would have made that <laughs> a fucking emotionally touching scene that would have made you really feel for the, the connection between those two characters. Like, as if there's anybody who could fucking do it. Right. It could have been Tom Hanks and fucking Gary Oldman, and you still would have been like, oh, fuck, these guys' careers are over. <laughs> that Hanks is going to get so much shit for playing Batman. <laughs> so, is it weird that I, I kind of figured Hanks would be Superman? No, nah, I know. But it's funnier if you reverse no, it. I think, yeah, but I think Gary Oldman does the work as superman at all because of the mustache it's too ridiculous you have to cgi it out or something and they wouldn't oh (laughs) shit (laughs) god damn it (sighs) you know what's better than 
Zack Snyder's fucking movies. Wait, can I... One more thing, because now we're on Tom Hanks, and I learned sure. this fact today. Did you know that he was considered Super Mario Brothers movie, but they didn't give it to him because Turner and Hooch didn't make money? Yeah, they thought they thought that he wasn't a big enough draw, so they went with Bob Hoskins. <laughs> <laughs> and if you, I don't know if you've picked up on slightly, but I think in the long run, Tom Hanks' career kind of did a little better than anyone else's who was in that movie. I just learned that fact today on the internet, and I was like, "Oh, that's that's brilliant." I wonder if that's because I listened to this uh, podcast called "The Best Movies Never Made." And they okay. go over movies that were like in development or something, but never came to fruition. That sounds a, like a great podcast. We have a three-part episode on Super Mario Brothers that I haven't listened to yet. Okay. That, that's, that's not where I heard it. but yeah. I was, yeah. was going to say, some of the things that happened in the production of that movie are bonkers, where they just like made some crazy decision. They're like, hey, what about this? And nobody went, no. Listen, <laughs> what, what you're saying is somebody said, let's make a movie out of the Super Mario Brothers video game. That was the wacky decision that got made there. That was never a good idea. See, I'm not entirely convinced you couldn't do it. It would just need to be, I mean, you'd have to lean into the spin and it would need to be like cartoony. You know what I mean? But they tried to make it like a dark and serious. Like, I don't, that's what I don't understand. I don't, I've never seen it. That was one of those ones where I'm like, I don't, I don't think I need to see that one to know it's not good. Adding it. To the list. No, I will be sick that week. I think. Uh, so Gonna somebody... do a Yui Bowl movie and Mario Brothers. So the uh, the other movies they covered on this podcast: uh, Commando Two, uh, Halloween 3D, which was supposed to be the sequel to the Rob Zombie ones; Return of the Thing, which was going to be a sci-fi sequel to John Carpenter's The Thing. Oof. The original Star Wars sequel. Yeah, that's the those. one that popped up when I when I searched for this and started. I started they had like a five part like Spider Man, all the Spider Man movies that never happened. Jesus, yeah. Uh, they talk about Freddy versus Jason versus Ash. Um, Return to Planet of the Apes back in the nineties. Yeah, yeah, it's a good podcast. Yeah, it's worth the uh, It's worth listening to. <clears throat> They're both. Uh, both the hosts are working screenwriters, so they're able to get some nice guests to come in and chat. Do they talk about the James Cameron Spider-Man? Oh, yeah. That's all part of it. They basically just go from, like, in, in chronological order, like, so here's how all this shit went down. <laughs> I was going to say, that one, every time I read something about it, there's some new little factoid about that movie that I'm like... What drugs were they on? Like, this does not sound good. None of this sounds good. Well, it's Hollywood, so probably cocaine is the answer to your question. I think yeah. I think we all may have been mistaken, and James Cameron might not be that good of a filmmaker. <laughs> like, he just got lucky. He just got lucky several times. I think James Cameron is, suffers from whatever George Lucas has, where he just came into fruition at a time when his ideas couldn't be fully realized so he was restricted in what he could do and the results were his like crazy ideas being held back turned into good movies and then as technology allowed him to start doing whatever he wanted it's like oh 
well, that's what you wanted to do this whole time? Well, don't, don't do that. <laughs> Maybe you should make Terminator again. No, not like that. I no. mean, <laughs> God damn it. No, not like that. You're probably right. Seems like sometimes restrictions are the best for everybody. Right. Are we going to try to segue that into our current topic? Uh, awkward segue. Workout montages. Like like women doing aerobics for fifty percent of a movie. <laughs> yeah, but not normal aerobics. Highly sexualized aerobics. <laughs> Uh, well, Noah, why don't you tell us about the movie Death Spa? Uh, so Death Spa is about a, a gym slash spa that uh, a lot of people die in, and there's <laughs> and there's a plot to it that is weirdly overly simple and complicated at the same time. That doesn't there's way too many characters. Why are there so many characters in this? I don't know. There's way too many. He's like a cop and a detective and like 25 people that fucking either work there or have some association. And there's like people fucking people. And then there's people trying to take over the gym. But really, the main story is the twin brother of the gym owner's dead wife has become possessed by his dead twin. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So there's sure. like, why, why did you say that with such a confused tone? I, cause, cause, well, because he actually turns into her. I don't think that's the way possession works. I don't like. Are there other movies where you get possessed and your dick retracts and you actually turn into a lady? What I liked about that was that she had female clothes stored in his house for when she took over his body. Right, <laughs> she planned the whole time. And that cop is like all awkward because he's like, oh, man, he might be dressed in drag when we set out the APB. Yeah. So so I think we can all agree that. So the story's bad. Uh, the script is bad. Mm. Everything else is awesome. <laughs> <laughs> I really like the, like this yeah. movie is a nonstop cavalry like special effects that I fucking love because they yeah. are those dirty Oh, natural 80s gore effects. And I just, I fucking, I loved every second of this movie. Yeah, this, I, I wouldn't even go as far as to say that the script and story are bad. I would say they're overly complicated and they thought they were more clever than they were. And this probably would have been more fun if they had just been like, yeah, there's a ghost. It's the ghost of that chick. <laughs> okay, let's go. Like, I, don't, I don't know why the spa is this very high-tech spa where somebody can sit in a room and control all the different machines mm. using a computer system because at yeah. the end of the day that that doesn't matter like it's <laughs> what what why have that plot element because well, i thought that I, for a while i thought that's what it was going to be but then no, <laughs> no. I thought this was going to be a term thing where the ai just like was I, taking over the gym i was going to say there's also the thing of Okay, so let's say I I just one hundred percent buy into the fact that they've they've basically got Bill Gates's house as a, as a gym, right? Sure, where yeah, like, where there's you, Uber technology everywhere. That's the gimme of the story. Yeah, but but somehow, like 
that system can dump chlorine into the sprinkler system? Like, <laughs> well, no, it can't. Why are they attached? This is my point, is that the system can't do that. And it can't, like, very early in the movie, the chlorine thing, the tiles flying off the wall in that shower... And they even the, the characters even say out loud the computer can't do these things, so it's it's her possessing him and him doing them I guess because it happens off camera so I'm not really sure but I assume he's doing these things because of he's he's possessed, but they're all trying to blame the computer and he's saying no the computer can't have done that like the computer can't physically move things, so why is the computer there then like what it's like it's like a red herring but three minutes into the movie they tell you it's not, not the problem. It's not really a red herring. It's some sort of weird green thing that's just hovering around the whole time. Mm. And it, also, they didn't make any of the exercise equipment look high tech. So when they're sitting in that room and they're like, we'll turn this knob and that'll make the tension on the bikes get really hard and the guys won't be able to pedal, those bikes are clearly not computerized. <laughs> So it's the whole thing is just fucking ridiculous. What about that? Uh, whatever the that one fucking machine is, where you you sort of working out your chest, I guess, and you can, you can make it. You can make it spring backwards and bust the dude's ribs out of his chest. <laughs> yep, you sure can. It's fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah, I refuse to question that because I just want to watch that happen to people. People get fucking melted. Yep. Love it when uh, people get melted. We should mention that. Uh, fucking... Ken, we should mention that Ken Foray works there, which is even better. I completely forgot he was in this movie. Isn't he, is it this one or is that the other one? It's this one. Oh, that's good. That's good. <laughs> I can't remember. <laughs> I was going to say putting these two movies together was a mistake because they're too close. <laughs> they, to get... oh, oh yeah, they blend. They blend really hard in your head. <laughs> yeah, it's it's hard, but. You know, this uh, one, uh, not not too many montages. No, <laughs> just a little bit. surprisingly few. Um, yeah, yeah I, so, I, I got to say, I had never seen this one before. Yeah, and now I'm a little pissed off that I'd never seen this before. <laughs> uh, I was going to say, we see the girl at the beginning with the uh, is that the one with the chlorine and the sprinkler system or in the song yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah, that's it. So she spends the the rest of the movie blind, just kind of wandering around. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's so <laughs> That's fucking fine. Weird. Nothing weird about that. <laughs> <sighs> Again, to the door to the spa was locked, and they're trying to blame that on the computer, but it doesn't have a computerized lock on it. <laughs> Sorry, it's just one of one other reason why that whole computer subplot just shouldn't have been here. I don't know. I suppose at the same time, it's the eighties. And I think back in the 80s, if you told somebody that the computer can lock the door, even though it clearly can't, they'd be like, oh, shit. <laughs> That's really cool. There was like a, a lot of movies in this time frame where computers were taken over the post-Terminator world kind of thing. I mean, I'm assuming you guys have seen uh, oh, what the fuck is it called? Kung Fu. Uh, I can already tell you now. It's the 30-minute movie that was on Netflix, and one of the characters is Hacker Man. Kung and they Fury? keep joking about Kung Fury, thank you. Uh, and, like, at one point, he's like, we're going to go back in time. How? And he's like, I'm going to hack time, and just starts typing on his, like, Apple 220, and they go back in time somehow. 
Seems reasonable. Yeah. Yeah, there was a lot of that. Um, at some Anyways. point, the, the owner of the gym goes to visit a paranormal investigator. Yep. <laughs> I love that guy. That guy was great. I'll, I'll tell you what. Actually, pretty good. He's, he was accurate. <laughs> I was kind of expecting that to be a joke bit. And then, of course, yeah. he's he's like, nope, I have psychometry. I can just touch things and tell you about them. <laughs> oh, yep, you're dead X. Yeah, she's the one. I feel like we're speaking calmly and rationally about this movie. <laughs> so I feel obligated in case listeners haven't seen it. When we say that his ex is dead, we're told in dialogue that she died because she was going into labor, which made me assume that there'd be a flashback to a hospital scene where she died. Mm-hmm. But what there is is a flashback to a scene where she rolls herself into a field in a wheelchair and lights herself on fire. Yeah. So... I just want everyone to understand that that's the movie we're talking about because that's fucking nuts. And don't just go, yeah, yeah, so. So a lady rolls herself into a field in a wheelchair and lights herself on fire like that happens every day. <laughs> did you did, did you not catch the explanation for all that? Isn't it? As far as I gathered, is she just didn't want to have a baby, so she lit herself on fire. Uh, I, wasn't, I, I honestly stopped listening to the dialogue about 15 minutes into the movie. That's not she, why I was here. She lost the baby. Oh, okay. Because something happened to her spine during labor, where she was then paralyzed. And okay. after the baby died, she went crazy. That's when she killed herself? Okay. She went crazy, and then eventually uh, just set herself on fire. Okay. And you're just like, yeah, okay, now it all makes sense, according yeah, to you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now it's all Perfect just fine? Okay. Perfect yeah. sense. She rolled herself into a field in a wheelchair. Don't gas all over herself. And she just lit herself on fire. Yeah. And it was fucking glorious. See? Makes sense. It was, dude, it was, I'm not complaining, just so we're clear. I just don't feel you're giving this movie its due. It was nuts, and it was great. Yeah, and somehow her brother blames her husband for it. Because it, she apparently never wanted the baby, and none of this would have happened if she hadn't been pregnant. But that's yeah. a that's a stretch, man, at that point. It's like your sister literally set herself on fire. Yeah, like at some point she's got to take some responsibility for that, I feel. <laughs> so, yeah. So, yeah, we find out later. Yeah. Like we'd mentioned before, she somehow possesses her twin brother and then does a bunch of crazy shit at a. Yeah. At this spa. You yeah. can apparently manipulate the computer by waving at it. Well, she can. Yeah. Because she's dead and a ghost. Yeah. It's all weird. Like, at one point, she's not even just... She just starts fucking with her ex-husband or her... Whatever you call it. Widowed husband. Like, she just starts sending him messages through the computer system. It's like, why is she doing that? That doesn't make any sense. Okay, though. Computers that can part do I, everything. That part, I think, is just because it's the 80s. And it's like, wouldn't it be creepy if the computer sent you messages from your deceased spouse? Ooh, that would be creepy. Yeah, and then the blind girl is his current girlfriend... Yeah. And he just leaves her at home blind for hours at a time while he goes to work at the gym. Correction. He picks her up at the hospital after she's been blinded, brings her to his house, says, hey, would you like to live here now? And she's like, yeah. And he's like, good, because I'm leaving. And then he leaves her. So that means like it's not even her own home. She would not be able to easily find her way around at all. <laughs> just running into shit. And it's and it's completely controlled by one of these evil computers too. <laughs> so that's gonna fuck everything up even more. 
Because <laughs> at one point he sends groceries home to her. She's fucking blind. What is she gonna do with groceries? <laughs> she can't put those away. She can't cook something. It's not her. She's never lived there. She's never been. In, she's never lived in that house and been able to see at the same time. How is she gonna know how to put stuff away? <laughs> Call that a minor plot hole. <laughs> oh, this movie was fun. <laughs> and then they're supposed to be having like a Mardi Gras event at the gym yeah. or something, which is fucking weird. It's itself. their yeah. biggest draw. It's their biggest draw for new gym people is they have a Mardi Gras event and then people come to it and have a party and then they get shit faced and sign up for gym memberships that they regret later. Is that what happens? <laughs> like yeah. they, you've already given us your credit. You card. know what? Now, now that you put it that way, now it makes more sense. <laughs> it's, it's not stated in the movie, but I think they get everyone drunk and get their credit card information. And it's like, well, you get in charge on the first of the month until the end of the year. And then after that, you can choose whether or not to renew and then we'll have another party. <laughs> I like as people are dying, everyone keeps going, well, why don't we just switch the machines over to manual? Are you crazy? That's our biggest draw. I mean, outside of the Mardi Gras thing, that's our biggest draw. It's like, I mean, I mean, the party, they're basically like, OK, we really have to shut the system down. And he's like, after the party, <laughs> the party's the most. And it's like a lot of people have died, bro. Yeah. <laughs> after the party. It's, it's fucking messed up, but it's funny. Yeah, that's that. That's that eightieth thing that they stole from Jaws. It's like, no, we can't close the beach. It's July Fourth. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. what it is. It's yeah, we it's can't Jaws. turn off the computer. It's Mardi Gras night. Exactly. You can't. It's that from Jaws, and then it's Carrie showing up to fucking wreak havoc. Is what that ending is because everything just goes fucking crazy in that last fifteen minutes or whatever it is. And it's it's hilarious watching this whole Mardi Gras thing come down. <laughs> Well, then it turns like it turns from like, well, we're not going to do the Mardi Gras. What if we did a, like, was what do they call it like a hot house party or something? I don't know. But they're all still in costumes, so why isn't it Mardi Gras anymore? Yeah, I don't know. Again, I dialogue was not this movie's strong point. No. I I found myself enjoying it a lot more when I just sat back and watched this <laughs> watched without necessarily listening. <laughs> Because we do, we we get my favorite scene of the movie there towards the climax, which is when that that cop that has shown up, and at some point just becomes a barback for their party because he just starts voluntarily <laughs> carrying the booze around for them. But he gets thrown into that closet, and now the evil ghost computer lady who's possessed her twin brother and taken over his body can make fish come to life and attack him. <laughs> yeah, that was weird. So they just have like frozen fish in this gym spa place which is in and of itself questionable i mean i know they have like smoothies and shit at spas but do they keep frozen fish there i don't know but let's go with it (laughs) then they start coming to life and flying across the room and biting this guy in the neck and i'm like yeah that's shit right there (laughs) that's what you get for partying at this health club so you get for coming to a party to supervise the people and try to keep them safe and offering to help carry things so the girls don't have to do it. We'll show you. Well, he was definitely the the old cop that as soon as a pretty girl said something nice to him, he's like, hey, I'll carry all this shit for you. Why not? Yeah. Yeah, it was a. Uh... There's, there's nothing that's one of the many things that these two movies will have in common this week is that there's no uh, absence of just a pretty girl smiling politely and getting a guy to do shit for her. <laughs> uh, so would we recommend this movie? I know Noah is now in love with this movie. 
Oh yeah. And, and yeah, I'm, I'm on board with this one. I gotta say, yeah. it's it's not objectively a, a good movie, but there are a ton of great scenes of like the gore and the special effects, and yeah, the plot the plot isn't even bad. It's just overly convoluted. This would have been easier if they just were like wacky shit's going on. Oh my god, like it's just a it's like a what do you call it? Like a supernatural slasher type film. That's all this needs to be, and yeah. it would work a little better. But there's like, there's nothing that they could have put in the dialogue that would have ruined that fish flying across the room and biting that cop. <laughs> there's just there isn't. So I'll yeah. take it. When me and Tony uh, did like a top five underrated '80s horror movies last year for a local horror event, this was on my list, and I told everybody, "I'm like, it's not a good movie, but it's a great movie." Yeah, truth. Like, I just, I wish there had been ten people in my basement and like with <laughs> beers when I was watching this because that would have been so much fun. And it's just. You know right away what kind of movie you're getting into because like the first nude scene happens about 1.3 seconds into the like after the opening credits are done. It's just like okay, which is another trope that I'll carry forward to the next movie as well. This might be a race to see which one of these is the fastest nudity <laughs> in any movie we've covered. <laughs> but it's like you just they're just like yeah we're leaning into this. We're making a cheesy movie about a bunch of people dying at a spa that has come to life and there's a computer for no reason and enjoy and it's like okay i will it seems like the 80s was the only time when you could just make movies that were this batshit insane and uh somehow it all worked like you could just yeah. lean into this craziness and they still try to do this but it, it doesn't seem to work very often in the 80s it was just it, just yeah. part of the part of the, the landscape of movies that were out there is stuff like this and i'm this glad it was this was definitely the movie where they made it and someone on the set was like, oh, man, this movie's going to make a ton of money in theaters. And the director's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> this movie's not going into theaters, but this movie will be rented a lot. Yeah. <laughs> that's what it's made for. You rented a lot. The, the way this movie's going to make big money is when somebody forgets to return that rental and get charged $94 for the VHS <laughs> copy. <laughs> They're like worth it. I really want a VHS copy of this movie now. All right. Well, Doug, uh, we've loved this movie. Why don't you tell us about Killer Workout and if we are going to love that movie? You are. Really. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Um, Killer Workout is about a... So the opening scene, there's a woman getting into a tanning booth and it catches on fire. Fast forward to a few years later. And we are at a gym. It's not a particularly high-tech gym compared to some of the ones we deal with in 80s movies, but just a pretty standard gym. Seems to mostly be just a large room full of women doing aerobics. Yeah. yeah. And so uh, it goes aerobics montage and then murder montage. Montage, murder montage, aerobics montage, murder montage. A couple of really cheesy fight scenes between overly muscular men who don't know how to fight. Aerobics montage, murder montage, aerobics montage, murder montage, followed by big reveal. I can't believe she was the killer the whole time, but everybody obviously clearly knew that. And we're done. <laughs> I don't, Pretty much. I'll tell you. I'll tell you what. Yeah, you know who the killer is, but I don't know if you're quite ready for them Freddy Krueger tits. <laughs> nope. <laughs> yeah, I mean, <laughs> like, yes, yes, it was obvious where that film was going. 
yes, it was still fun to find out. Like, that's... I just, I love the fact that they're like, she was burned over 90% of her body. And you're like, what are you talking about? Her face looks fine. Whoa. (laughs) (laughs) That moment when the shot is from behind her and she takes off her fake hair and you can see that her head's burnt and stuff. And I'm like, yeah, the the Darth Vader shot. This is exactly where I want to be in this movie at this moment. This is, it was really well done again. Like, and once again, we're dealing with a situation where, yeah, the murders are great. It's a, this is a good slasher movie. You don't do yourself the mistake of trying to, like, don't buy a copy of the script and read it to see if you're going to enjoy this movie. That's not going to work for you. <laughs> I'll, I'll tell you what, but this one, I feel like it's, for some reason, it is harder to enjoy this movie than Death Spa. Like, Death Spa just feels like an 80s movie with, you know, crazy special effects, and it's like... And it goes at a pretty good clip, and this one does not. And well, the- I could I could see it being in the market for people who have that weird uh, aerobics fetish of just oh. watching videos of women doing aerobics. Dude, the aerobics in this film, like, it's almost offensive to call that aerobics. That's pretty <laughs> much stripper training is what they're doing. Right, right. Like – I feel like that's what they did. They found like a room where I don't do they have like schools where girls go to learn how to be strippers. I feel like that's what they would have been filming. And then they just they're like, yeah, just like they probably they were pretty much workout gear. It's close enough. I mean, it was basically twerking before like women realized you could just pop your hips around a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) White, white women twerking, I guess. It's yeah, it's it's not subtle what they're trying to do here and the amount of shots that are just like where we enter a room but it's like we open on a close-up of a woman's vagina and then it backs out to show us the rest of the room is like (laughs) that's used to excess in my opinion that's no such thing it's it's crazy how often the camera is at that angle where it's just like here's what here's what a woman's crotch looks like while she's doing aerobics and i I mean, I even sat down and dubbed the actual bath, but I think if you actually took the time of those aerobic montages and compared it to the length of this film, I think it makes up a significant portion of this film. Oh, (laughs) pushing half, pushing half, I would say. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, I'm not exaggerating. I'm not doing anything for comedic effect. I think close to half of this movie is aerobics montages. Yeah, I think I think they were making a horror movie and they made it and they were like, yeah, we nailed it. And they were like, Where, what's the time at? And they're like, it's, it's 47 minutes. <laughs> and they're like, well, fuck. Uh, uh, all we have left is a room and a bunch of 80s workout outfits. What what do we do? Just call all your friends and ask them if they're willing to just demean themselves. That's that's actually not true because there's a special thanks to the dance troupe that's doing all that in the uh, credits. So <laughs> I think it, they were preemptively they they had them in there probably had them in there for like a day and just filmed them dancing all day and then edited it throughout the movie whenever they needed time. Yeah, <laughs> you think maybe just the director or one of the producers was just super into it and he's like, you know what? Here's what I think. needs a little bit more. <laughs> what I think is that this writer director who also wrote and directed uh, Deadly Prey, which we covered on this podcast mm-hmm. in the same year, 
he wrote and directed these two movies within the same 12 month period, which means, um, yeah, he was busy and I think he just didn't have time to make a full length movie. So he got some second unit director to film a bunch of people dancing and use that to pad his timeline. And it's sure a hell of a lot better than having a bunch of dialogue scenes. That's what other movies would have done. Um, well, you, you got me there. <laughs> uh, the two, the two guys that are fighting throughout the whole movie. Yep. I feel, fighting. I. I feel you can't like, see this at home, folks. But Brian used quotation marks around fighting. <laughs> I, I like, also can't see him, but I can tell. I feel like uh, both those actors lied on their resume. It was like. Yeah, I know martial arts. Yeah. <laughs> and then it came time, and they're like, oh, shit. <laughs> I don't even know if it's that. I think it's more like, I, this will be the second week in a row where I make it's an always sunny in Philadelphia reference, but I think they're like Mac. I think they think they're doing good martial arts. They just, nobody has the heart to tell them they're not. Well, I think the funny thing is they're both so terrible that whenever they started doing the scenes, they got even more cocky because they saw the other guy being bad, and they're like, oh, yeah, I'm really going to nail this. <laughs> Yeah, that guy's a professional. I'm better than him. <laughs> oh, it's it's pretty bad. And I mean, the excuses to make them fight are pretty bad as well. Like that first fight they have, which is in an alley behind one of the behind the spa or whatever, and they're just like, the guy just pulls up and he's like, "What are you new around here?" Yeah. Well, then don't try to have sex with that woman. Fine. You want a fist fight here, even though I'm at work and it's my first day on the job, and I'm. Sp- <laughs> yeah let's just start throwing fists now and then that works because that's apparently the best thing to do because he immediately just gets picked up by a chick and abandons his job to go off with her uh, you mentioned the director of this movie also did Deadly Prey yeah well if we're going to do that we should mention the director of Death Spa also directed in, in the same year as Death Spa my mom's a werewolf which oh, we have wow. also covered on this show <laughs> We're starting to notice a trope here. There's a lot of similarities between these two films. <laughs> I mean, I do believe they both got somebody getting burned up in a tanning bed. Mm-hmm. <sighs> they both, they both that race to nudity at the beginning. I'd like to watch these side by side and see who beats the movie <laughs> too, because it is so quick in both these movies. <laughs> Yeah, we should mention the, this movie opens with uh, a girl getting a phone call from her agent or whatever. She's got a modeling gig in Paris or Italy or some nonsense. Yeah, whatever. Then immediately runs to the tanning salon, hops in the tanning bed and gets burned up. Yep. And then, yeah, the other movie, she's, uh, um, I don't know, just hanging out at the at the gym. I don't remember what she's doing. It's more of a... It's not really a tanning booth in that one, isn't it? It's the nah, first it's, kill. It's a uh, sauna. Yeah. So. The other one probably has... Death Spa probably has the better kills. Like, the sauna is probably better than the tanning yeah. booth. But the kill in the shower in, the, in Death Spa was really good. Yeah, this one is just a straight-up slasher rather than... Yeah. Supernatural slasher. Yeah. But... I do like I, I like a lot of the stabbing, even though it's just stabbing. They they do it really well, and you know, it's a slasher. I like to see people get slashed. Uh, so the description of this on Amazon okay. claims that Rhonda, the the owner of the club, 
Yeah. It's supposed to be the twin sister of the girl from the tanning bed. Did, did, did anybody? Well, I mean, as, as the. Well, as she's the, not me. The, yeah, the, as the fake plot leading up to the big reveal. Oh, okay. But did anybody catch that she was supposed to be her twin sister? I thought they just like worked together. I did. I had um, no idea that. I, I honestly didn't notice that they were the same person. Because... Well, I didn't either. I think that's part of the thing. But the description is Wait. so weird. Like her twin sister then opens a gym, and I'm like, "What?" <laughs> All right. I don't think that was in the dialogue in the movie. I feel like no. that's something that was added after. Maybe there's like a spin-off comic where that's revealed or something. Spin-off <laughs> comic. <laughs> Listen, I'll be a hundred percent honest. It may have totally been in this movie, but between those uh, the aerobic scenes, you just have to check out so fucking hard from it that, <laughs> that you just miss entire sections of the movie. And then somebody's getting killed, and you're like, oh, oh, shit, we're back. <laughs> I don't know if I agree that I checked out. I think I maybe wasn't listening. I'll get great that much. Yeah, here on IMDb, here's the here's the plot description. Two years ago, a young woman named Valerie was burned after entering a tanning salon. Now her twin sister, Rhonda, runs a local gym where all of a sudden people are being murdered. (laughs) I don't think so. I think maybe in the novelization they expand on that or something because (laughs) it wasn't. (laughs) I don't think that that was in this movie. If it was, I certainly didn't pick up on it. I don't care. It doesn't matter. It doesn't help or hurt the film. (laughs) No, it's just So. so weird to read that description and be like, did I miss that whole description of how, yeah, my twin sister died in a tanning bed accident? I feel like that's the kind of thing that they would have put on the back of a VHS box to try yeah. to throw people who were paying attention off the scent that it was her. But it wouldn't have worked. So Yeah, that's so weird. Did you guys like the part in this movie where they spray painted the name of the other movie on the front of the spa? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious that it, like, cause I watched the movies on back to back days and I'm like, did they just spray paint the name of the other movie onto this movie's gym? Is that cross promotion product placement of some kind slasher movie product placement? Is that a thing? Well, the funny thing is I think this one came out first. Oh, did it? I can't remember. Yeah, this was 87. The other one was 89. Yeah. I like to imagine the guy saw this and was like, Hmm, death spa. <laughs> That's a good name well, to it. Do you know what I think? I think because on the front of that gym, there's like, I don't know what they're supposed to be, teenagers or not, because it was the 80s and teenagers were in their 30s. So, but they spray paint aerobicide, which is the alternate title for Killer Workout. Mm -hmm. And then they spray paint Death Spa. And in my head, it's like those were the two titles for this movie that they're trying to decide between. And then the producers were like, nah, Killer Workout. And they're like, but we already spray. Oh, we didn't put that in. (laughs) Like, too late now. We didn't say the name of the movie in the movie, though. God damn it. So, I don't know. Um, but what about, what about when that girl gets killed and stuffed in that locker? That's pretty awesome. <laughs> that was both movies. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what I really liked about this one was that when they brought in the cop and they were trying to act like he was doing a real investigation but it's one cop that comes and he only searches the locker that the body is in <laughs> it's like uh, if you're gonna bring in the police here you're gonna want to create the appearance that they at least search the whole locker room <laughs> like, he just and then he picks up what he thinks is the murder weapon and he puts it in an evidence bag but he picks it up with his bare hands like why do you think you're putting it in a bag with for evidence if you think it's okay to contaminate it <laughs> anyways 
That was one of the moments where this movie showed its budget, I think. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Any any favorite kills? That actually, that first one in the shower was really good. The girl getting stabbed in the neck and she holds her hand up and the blood comes trickling through her fingers and that that was a very good slasher kill and we got a good look at the they did a good job of giving us a good look at the murder weapon but not good enough that you could like be able to tell who was holding it later so if the plot hadn't been so obvious you would have uh, not known yeah which is it's a giant like safety pin yeah I actually remember these things existing back in the 80s people would use them as like for holding their keys or whatever yeah. I, don't, I don't know what they were ever designed for, if there was some real purpose to them or if there was novelty items. Hmm. We did forget to mention the best, uh, one of the best gore scenes is during one of the fights between the two guys that keep fighting all movie, which is when he <laughs> swings that rake at the other guy, it sticks in his leg. <laughs> then they both just stop and stare at each other for several minutes while, they pull, while he pull, tries to pull it out. <laughs> That's a super <laughs> fun moment. Yeah, and then out of nowhere, the blind guy who is a private detective. Private yeah, another another thing this has in common with the other movie is unnecessary subplots. Uh, gets killed out of nowhere. Yep. I was just like, wait, what? The dude's dead now. Yeah. He just he showed up, got in like four fights, and just got killed. <laughs> Had to have the typical meeting where he gets yelled at by the cops that tell him to get out of town for trying to ruin their investigation. Yeah. I don't know. This was this was a fantastic watch. Yeah, I gotta say that we really nailed it this week. We really picked some good <laughs> movies. You're all welcome. It's I don't did I put these on the list? I might have put these on the list. I thought I put them on the list, but who knows? Doesn't matter yeah, at this point. Doesn't matter. Everybody's what matters is we excited. got to watch these movies. Yeah, lots of good gore, tons of nudity, <laughs> so aerobics montages that Noah wasted by not trying to follow along and helping himself get into better shape. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, really, I was really trying to master those humping motions during the movie, and I just can't quite get that flow. And that explains why we don't turn on the video function when we record. It's just audio here. That, I'd have to wear pants. Not according to this movie, you wouldn't. Be the only one. Just need that, that Borat swimsuit and just go to town. No. <sighs> did you guys like how in both movies they did the trope of there's like a fat guy that's in the background the whole time trying to work out, but he's just exhausted the whole time. This movie did it a little more cartoonishly, but the other two guy, the other movie, the guy was British, so that's funnier. <laughs> so look at this guy trying to get in shape. Can you believe it? He's fat, but he's riding an exercise bike. <laughs> Why would he even do that? Oh wait, that's exactly who should be riding that bike. It makes sense. Maybe we should be praising him for that. So which which movie this week do you guys think was the most eighties? Most eighties, I would definitely say Death Spa. You think so? Yeah, because even like the name of the club, what the fuck was it? It was like Star Body Spa, or oh, really? something. I don't know. Yeah, it, was, yeah. it was some like 
some name, but then it's spelled out neon on the front of the, <laughs> the front of the spa, but then some of the letters are burnt out, so it just says death spa. That's great. I didn't even notice that. <laughs> it definitely the most eighties scene out of either movie was when uh, in Death Spa when the guy goes to confront the people who because he's re- oh we forgot to mention there's a subplot in that movie about people trying to take over the club. Um, oh yeah. When he goes to confront them about it, but to, he's got that sweet mullet and he's going to confront them and he's wearing jeans, no shirt, brown leather jacket, sleeves rolled up on the jacket. <laughs> and I'm like, holy shit. Like, was that cool at this time? That can't have been cool ever. It's hilarious. But you know, which one's the most 80s? Uh, I think I'm going to have to go with you. I think I think it's Despa. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I think you're probably right. This is the, I mean, Killer Workout is the more typical slasher movie, which makes it feel very 80s. Mm-hmm. But... Maybe if the, if it had come out in the early '80s, it would be a more '80s movie. Well, I feel like Death Spa had a bigger budget, which may or may not be true. Let's um, assume it is. I think it is because I think Killer Workout. Really, I mean, there's a reason why there was only one cop, and there was never more than three people on screen at a time, unless it was an aerobics workout. <laughs> so I feel like they were just able to do more '80s things in the yeah. uh, in it, but. Yeah, yeah, you're probably right. Oh shit! You can buy a Death Spa T-shirt that's the neon that says <laughs> "Really Star Body Health Spa," and you know, of course, all the lighted up ones just say "Death Spa." And that's, that's pretty beautiful. cool. <laughs> all right, anything else before we move on? No, uh, there's that scene in Killer Workout where the killer beats the guy to death with the dumbbells. And I really enjoyed oh, yeah. that. And it makes no sense because there's no way that that woman is swinging those dumbbells. It's yeah. just not happening. They weigh as much as her. <laughs> but, you know, it's a slasher movie. I'm not going to go ahead and start questioning things like that. Uh, I don't like the T-shirt as much as I like. I want the picture from that you first sent us to be yeah, on the I T-shirt. Know. I know. It's not yeah. as good, but. It's okay. Yeah. Sorry. It's <laughs> Are you going to put, like, do we have show notes where you can post pictures, links to those pictures so the listeners know what we're talking about? That's what good podcasts do. We'll see. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Thanks for calling the Midnight Drive-In. No one is here to take your call. For more info, check out the Midnight Drive-In on Twitter at MNDriveInPod or find us on Facebook. If you want to email us, send it to TheMidnightDriveIn at gmail.com. Remember, no outside food and drink. Anyone caught performing sexual acts at the drive-in will immediately be taken to the office. Unspeakable things will be done to you. Thanks for calling. All right. What did everybody watch this week? All right. So I made it all the way through the first season of Lock and Key. Ooh, as did I. Uh, I liked it. I mean, it's kind of, to me, it's just kind of a retelling of The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, right? It's kind of, you know, kids missing a parent in an old house 
and there's magic. Like, that's not an uncommon storyline. I've never read the comic book, even though it's been recommended to me about a thousand times. So maybe I should get on that at some point. Yep. I love the comics. So super happy to check this out. Yeah, I've I've heard they took some liberties and that like they changed some stuff around, but yeah. Uh, but I don't I don't know. It's pretty good. I I feel like the weird thing is it kind of it has some kind of a tonal issue with it, mm-hmm. where ninety percent of it is really like light, almost like it's a kids series or something, and then whenever it goes dark, it just goes real dark out of nowhere. And then goes right back to being all la 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 la. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there's a there's a scene where a child gets murdered, like in <laughs> in gets murdered in the most nonchalant, like on screen way possible. And, but and then they just immediately go right back to <laughs> hey, look. There's magic. Duh. I don't know. I, mean, I I think my problem was is I, I think that ending's supposed to be like clever that it's supposed to be like this big twist and stuff. And I pretty much called every single thing that happened in the last episode about four episodes in. Yeah. You can't blame them because you're smart. Noah. I, I, I suppose I think the problem is, is that I think they were trying to foreshadow stuff and instead of foreshadowing it, they just immediately give it away. Yeah. Possibly. But besides besides that, I mean, I, I don't think it was bad. It was good. It was fun watching it. Yeah, I really liked I'll watch it. Season two. I really liked it. Amanda loved reading the comics, so she was super excited for this. So we binged it, you know, pretty much over a couple of days. And uh, yeah, yeah, I was thinking the big the one of the big differences is that in the comic books, the head key actually cracks open people's heads. Right. That <laughs> was that the the thing. big disappointment. Yeah. You can actually just, yeah, the top of their head sort of hinges open and then you can reach in, grab shit and. <laughs> right, right. You stuff. actually can root around in their, their skull yeah. kind of. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, but I mean, I kind of, I kind of enjoyed the, the visualization of, of them, how they did it in the TV series that it is a little bit more cinematic, I guess. But yeah. I would have been up for some, some hinge head action. So are there, are there more keys? In the comic books, um, it's been forever since I read them, but I believe there are. I just don't remember what they do. Because weirdly enough, like this first season, pretty much plays out the whole six volumes of the main storyline in the comics. Jesus, is that right? Yeah, I think they really jumped the gun on that a little bit. So I was, I was like, oh, they'll probably do like. Like, one of the trades will probably be, like, a season. So they got six seasons set up. But no, they just powered right through them. I was like, Jesus. So, don't know. I'll be interested to see what they're going to do for season two. Since, you know, I guess I'm assuming it'll have to be something completely brand new. Right. Do they do they explain what the things from the other side of the, the black door are in the comic books? Because I feel like they really glossed over it in the series. They just start going, oh, they're yeah. demons. And it's like, yeah, but how did you come to that conclusion? <laughs> like, um, yeah, I don't remember. Like I said, it's been forever since I read them. And I was going to reread them right before the show started. But now I may have to, to read them after to catch myself back up. 
Word. So I did that. Uh, I went and saw Birds of Prey. As did I. Which, which I know yeah, Brian did too. too. And yes. uh, I, I would say I'm like 75% positive on it. Oh, fuck. I thought, I thought all the fight scenes were good. I thought it was pretty funny. I don't like what they did to Cassandra Kane. I don't like what they did to Black Canary. I don't... <laughs> uh, I mean, I don't mind. They kind of... Whatever they did to Huntress, they made her like almost like autistic or something, which is weird. But I think it kind of worked because that ad- actress kind of like just did such a good job. I wish they would have taken Black Canary and Cassandra Kane completely out of the story and just did more Huntress because she was the character that was actually interesting. You mean they shouldn't have had the Birds of Prey in the movie at all since this isn't a Birds of Prey movie? So why call it that and then try to force them in just because it's in One, the title? 100% correct. I, I'm with you on that. Yeah, they should have just called this Harley Quinn and some other people. Yeah, yeah, like this is just a Harley Quinn movie. And you can have her make friends with people that aren't the Birds of Prey because they're just literally what they were trying to do is be like, look, this way we can have two sequels, one that's got Harley, another Harley, Harley Quinn story and one that's a Birds of Prey movie. And they fucked it up so bad that they're going to get neither. I was so. going to say, but, but but besides that, I mean, there was a lot of things I liked about it. You, If this was a Batman movie, so we take any random, decent Batman whatever Batman of your choice, Michael Keaton, I don't give a shit. Uh, and, but you put in Ewan McGregor's Black Mask and Zaz as the bad guys. I think that's a pretty good movie because I, I really liked his his scene chewing over the top, like rich kid throwing a tantrum style bad guy because that's what he is in the comic books. I mean, he's a rich kid yeah. throwing a tantrum constantly is basically his entire personality. <laughs> We couldn't be further apart on this movie, I don't think. Even compared to normal, we're far apart on this. Because you're telling me this about Ewan McGregor. And I like I literally, walking out of that theater, was thinking, I wonder if this is why the Obi-Wan series is postponed. That's what I was thinking walking out of the theater after watching Ewan McGregor's performance. Really? I thought it was I fucking great. fucking hated it. Not I... I felt like he was trying to be Joker light. And that's, yeah, but that, and that's that's the the thing about this whole movie is this is DC's problem is they don't fucking know what they're doing, and so they want to make a sequel to Suicide Squad about Harley and Joker, but they don't want fucking Joker in it. So they brought in like a fake Joker to to be the head bad guy. I don't. What, and again, like, I don't know what the guy's like in the comics, and I don't care. He's clearly trying to be Joker light, as Brian says, and what, then keep what about back to what Joker. about that character is like joker like his fucking weird maniacal behavior just in general that's totally like when he's walking around like showing shrunken heads to people that's a total joker thing like isn't that weird that these used to be alive and now they're in my living room or whatever the fuck see but to me that doesn't sound anything like joker like uh i don't know i think so i I think that might be you guys projecting i felt like if you took this performance and you look at Mark Hamill's performance in the animated series Joker. Yeah, yeah. It feels like Ewan McGregor's almost trying to do an impersonation of that version of the Joker, and it, it doesn't work. And considering they already hinted that the 
Mark Hamill Joker is the real Joker in this universe by having the animated Joker in the beginning of the movie that looks more like the animated series than it would ever look like uh, Jared Leto. So it's sort of like I already had that in my brain watching this performance. Does that make sense? I don't. I I just don't see that at all. Uh, I, dude, like we like. I really genuinely dislike this movie a lot. As did and I. It, like, I, I I'll grant you. There's a few fun comic book moments. I liked at least the look of the uh, amusement park. I liked when they put Harley in a little bit more of a comic accurate costume and gave her a big hammer. Like that's kind of fun, but there's nothing here that makes a movie out of this. This is just, this is what would happen if you, like if they had the script for Deadpool and then Ryan Reynolds had to back out and they brought in somebody else, this this is what you would get. That's how I'd look at it. And it's like, it it just doesn't work on any base level for me. I I don't know. See, I think the best, the best comparison I heard somebody make of this movie is this movie is a Jackie Chan movie from the nineties with Harley Quinn in it. With a thousand times the budget, and I don't, which I, don't. I was like, that, that's exactly what it is. It's just constant over the top action scenes with a bunch of crazy bonker shit going on. Okay, but you're saying that like it's a positive thing, like as if it, you. Don't it is want, a positive thing. You don't you don't want any characters that make any sense in your movie. You don't want any kind of a plot line that matters. I like that in some movies, but I also like movies that don't have any of that stuff. I don't know, man. And then, like the whole stupid like thing, movies they, that don't have any of that stuff. They decide to make a rated R movie, and then they tone down all of the stuff that you would want to enjoy in a rated R movie. Like they, they basically eliminate all the sexuality, which I get. It's like a girl power movie, so you're not going to have that. They, they have her like shooting at cops with these fucking confetti guns instead of real guns, and it's like all this shit. And I'm like, why did you make a rated R movie then? Like it's rated R for you guys, right? So they could so they could say fuck like every other word. Yeah, because I I, I I am correct though. It's rated R for you guys because I, yeah. I live in a free country, yeah. so movies aren't nearly as restricted as yours. The biggest problem is they're trying to they they were trying to anti-hero like they did in the comic books. They're trying to anti-hero Harley Quinn, even though she's a murdering psychopath. Like that's her whole thing. And again, I, just, like, I don't get that. It doesn't. I don't think it works in the comic books either. But I mean, it. The the once again, because I'm I'm with you that she would have killed all the cops, right? That's that's what her character would have done. But yeah, like, as an action set piece, her walking through using a grenade launcher, firing confetti canisters into people's face, pretty fucking awesome. I guess I. I... I don't know. Awesome isn't even a word I would use, though. It, it kind of fun for one shot, but then she takes seven or eight. So I don't know. I was bored by the end of it. Yeah, like I said, my my biggest complaints is like wasting somebody like Cassandra Cain. Cassandra Cain in the yeah. comic books is one of the most badass fucking characters of all time, and they turned her into a fat little kid who's a pickpocket. What the fuck? Like, what 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 fucking point was there to that? I assume it's so that they they want to have her around for future movies. Is my assumption right? Because she can grow up and be this character that you love from the comics, so I don't know who she is, but that's fine. Like, so that's what I assume they were doing. So in the comics, she was 
such a badass martial artist. And was she supposed to be an assassin when she first showed up? I don't remember. Yeah, she's like a mute assassin. That's yeah. her whole thing. But yeah. she's so badass and so dangerous that Batman makes her Batgirl so that he can basically keep an eye on her and train her not to, you know, just randomly kill people. Okay, so you, that's how fucking have, awesome she is. So you could have this character grow up into that, no problem. No. Right? She's, she's young enough that she can go off and have a training montage. Yeah. I, I suppose, but the whole thing is you could also just put like any random little pickpocket kid in that sure. part. It's the same thing with Black Canary. Other than the fact that she does one canary scream at the very fucking end of the movie. By the way, there's... also completely fucking stupid. Because why would you have one scene in the whole movie where there's like a meta human using their powers and then right. the rest of the movie we don't bother to address that? Right. It's <laughs> weird. It's weird and it's pointless, and and I'm with you guys 100%. I I think that that usage of that character is bad. But once again, I I don't think the bad usage of those two characters makes it a bad movie. Well, I didn't didn't even know those were bad usages of the characters until now because I don't follow the comics, right? So my problem is you have this lounge singer who can just beat up everybody for some reason. We don't get an explanation ever. And at the end, she's, well, they, they slightly explain it. Her mom was a superhero and trained her whenever she was a kid. Do they even say that her mom trained her? They say her mom helped the cops. Well, they, they, they insinuate that her mom was a superhero and that she knew. And I think that's subtextually. I, I, she I think you're, there's no subtext in this movie. Don't imply that there's subtext in this movie. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I, in my opinion, you're you're adding that, and that's fine because you like the movie. I, it's my fifty percent plus one rule. Once you once you like a movie fifty percent, you start making excuses for it. So that that's fine, but I, I don't think that was in the movie. They didn't explain why she could fight all these bad guys. You know, Harley Quinn, fine, she's Harley Quinn. The other characters just naturally seem to have these abilities that didn't make any sense you know what i feel like they should have done since we're agreeing like the birds of prey aspect was kind of a pointless in this movie yeah i don't understand what and i don't like it's fucking dc and warner brothers you have access to all of this material that's fantastic like why not just go ahead and fucking do the mad love story yeah like do do her her and Joker break up, and then her and Poison Ivy go on a crime spree. Like, that's easily, they could have easily done that in this, and it would have been a lot of fun. What and, they wanted from this movie. Is that, yeah. is that the one where Joker tortures her, and then she stabs him? I honestly don't remember. I just know no. that they, they, like, break up, and her and Poison Ivy just go on a tear through Gotham. And they're, those two are the main characters, so, I mean, there's not, it's not about Batman coming after them to stop them or whatever it's just them just blowing off steam and you know here's here's what i think here's what i think i think that they believe they made a big girl power movie by having it be a bunch of women who were quote-unquote being oppressed and then fought their way out of it i don't think that works that element of the movie works at all like I, i i don't i'm not opposed to that being in the movie but i honestly don't think it's there like I think we're supposed to all think that like okay she's she was being held back by Joker and now she's been getting out and the 
that Rosie Perez character was being held down by that her former partner who was her chief or whatever but now she goes off on her own and becomes a vigilante and I, I don't even remember which male was supposed to be oppressing Black Canary but then she got out from under his shadow I guess Black Mask was I don't know but like that's my point is that I don't think those elements work at all because like I don't think first of all I don't think Harley's a sympathetic character nor should she be so it's like hard to imagine the idea that she was being oppressed and has to fight her way out and then the Rosie Perez character it's like well she also has problems with the DA who's female so they kind of contradict the whole message and again Black Canary I don't remember her storyline so I can't really comment on it which is problematic to say the least but which, the whole thing is just, yeah, none of it worked for me. So maybe yeah, that's which, part of the problem. Is- which is another thing. Like, I love Renee Montoya, like the character that Rosie Perez was playing. Yeah. And I feel like she was completely wasted in this movie. And you got Rosie yep, Perez but- playing her, and I love Rosie Perez, but she's, like, way too old it, to be playing this character in, like, a... I, re- I was going to say, in her way. performance, she's trying to be, like, angry. And I don't know why, but the whole thing falls real flat. Yeah. Like, yeah. she's just, she's not convincing. Well, and the other thing, too, is they try to have that running joke where she just, she keeps yelling, quote-unquote, like, cliche lines from an 80s cop movie. But they, first of all, don't call it out. That's the kind of joke that just has to be happening in the background. And second of all, it just doesn't ever deliver, and they keep going back to it over and over and over again. And one one thing I guess I'll say I like, but really doesn't make a whole lot of sense, I guess, is the fact that fucking Harley was in roller derby, and then she starts doing, like, roller derby shit towards the end of the movie. Like, yeah. that was fun, but I mean, realistically, it's like, well, that's kind of dumb, but... It's super weird, though, because of all the shit that goes on in this movie that's the part they felt the need to give us the foreshadowing for it's weird like why like we don't need to explain why these oh. women can stand up to hundreds and hundreds of bad guys at once we don't need to explain you know why she knows how to use a hammer but we'll explain the roller skates i don't i don't think that was foreshadowing i think that was uh one of the big draws of harley in the comic books now is after she broke up with uh joker they immediately were like she's pansexual you know <laughs> to like you know to, she's she's now a diversity character and i do believe the whole roller derby thing was a uh an lgbt <laughs> nod because i i know a lot of roller derby girls and there ain't no one of them that likes dudes well it's it's not a coincidence that she was in roller derby and then at the end of the movie put on roller skates yeah it was one of one of the very few laughs that the movie got from me was when she's wearing her roller skates and I forget which character it is goes, when did she have time for a shoe change like that? <laughs> like that's, it's a really solid point. I, I, that, that got a chuckle out of me. Uh, I wanted to see more of Bruce. The hyena. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, I, I agree. Hyena action. Dude, like there should have been way fewer characters in this movie and there should have been like more of spending just time with Harley Quinn and her the immediate people surrounding her. This, this should have been a standalone Harley Quinn movie, and then it should have been made good. That would have been the two big changes I would have made. Yeah, I think I think if you take this movie and you boil it down to uh, Harley, 
one other female character. I don't care which one. I, I would vote for Huntress because I actually thought that character She worked. was probably it, my favorite character in the movie. Yeah, that weird – the whole thing they did with her where she's completely socially and emotionally stunted from being raised yeah. an assassin her entire life. <laughs> That's that's pretty delightful where she just doesn't get normal interactions. I also thought like the the thing with her constantly trying to like practice her tough guy lines in the mirror and then right, right. nobody will call her Huntress. They all call her the crossbow killer. Yeah, the crossbow thought, killer. <laughs> I thought that was that was hypothetically a good joke to me. I'm like, that's right. funny. In a better movie, that would be funny. Yeah. Right. But so just those two and then you take one bad guy it could still be black mask like that's fine that's a that's a good bad guy and but maybe develop the relationship with her and the dude who owns the chinese restaurant that betrays her and supposedly yep. like sets her back off the deep end instead of us meeting him once and then he betrays her and then all of a sudden we're supposed yep. to be heartbroken about it like and the whole thing too it's so weird because it's like she just lives upstairs of this chinese restaurant or whatever it is and it's like, but he has to betray her in order for people to find her. Like, how hard would it be to find the person who lives as a hyena in an apartment on the second story of a major city? <laughs> None of it makes any fucking sense. And, you know, the, what, what do we get the line? The one line of dialogue is like, well, they gave me enough money that I can go open another restaurant. You already have a fucking restaurant. Like none of the ah, fucking DC, man. <laughs> I, I just don't get it. Like, I don't know. Maybe, maybe one of the maybe one of the things I like about it is that it's just so much better than Suicide Squad was. I don't think it is. No, I that, think it is by leaps and bounds. No, I, I think it is. I think it makes many of the same mistakes of Suicide Squad by introducing existing characters and then trying to flash back and do all sorts of intro to them, which is yeah, like make make up your. Too make up your fucking mind like do you want to have an intro to each of these characters or do you want them to show up as developed characters you can't do both right <laughs> so it's like that's fine pick your pick your what you're doing um and the suicide squad in this movie did the same thing and it was so frustrating the suicide squad had such an easy way to like introduce everybody where it's like well who's on this team and then you just run them down like super quick yep. and then you're good to go but they kind of like just fucking ruined it. I was going to say, I really liked the thing in the movie where uh, after everyone starts attacking Harley, every time a new character pops up, it like pops up, says their name, and then it shows the grievance, the reason why they want to hurt her. And then it gets the black mask and it just starts rolling by super fast. <laughs> and all this shit it says is ridiculous. See, here's the thing. Some of that was funny-ish. But then they do the thing where they show we've already seen her do things earlier in the movie and they still flash the grievance up on screen like as if we're not going to know. And it's like, well, we don't – what are you doing? Like the guy that she breaks his legs in the club for no reason and then all of a sudden we have to see him show up and I'm like, why? Why? It's just – if supposedly everybody in the underworld is after her, why do we need to see that guy when we already saw him? It's weird. I didn't like this movie. Guess yeah. I'm being too subtle. I don't know if I'm being overly subtle. The only subtle. DC movies I've liked are Wonder Woman and Shazam. I have hated pretty much everything else. Well, that's what I'm saying. This so this movie does not rise to the level of Shazam. I have not seen Shazam yet, but I'm like, 
I don't know if I'm gonna. I would say see it. I really love it. Is, it is not a DC movie. It is. Okay. They they attempted to distance it because they thought it was going to damage the DC brand, and instead, what it ended up doing was saving Shazam and making it a good movie. Okay. I mean, maybe I'll get to it, but it's yeah. it's bright and it's uh, fun. I don't know. Fun, yeah. Like I just it, I just keep getting bit by these movies. Like I thought yeah. I liked Harley Quinn in Suicide Squad, and then they're like, "Oh, she gets basically a solo movie," and I'm like, "Okay." I'll go see it. Well, not really. I went. I'm not going to go see that. And then my 11 year old niece wanted to go, so somebody has to drive her. And then, uh, that was me. Amanda wanted to go see it, and I'm like, really? I'm just like, I'm just like, okay, I'll we'll go. And then we get there, and then it's this, and I'm just like, like I I pretty much enjoyed the animated sequence at the beginning of the movie, and then as soon as it switched back over to live action, I was like, okay, I'm done with this. Like a minute in, I'm just like, I this is terrible. I think the big the big difference for me was in Suicide Squad, there was a character that kind of looked like Harley Quinn in the movie. And that was about as much resemblance as she had to the actual comic book character. And in this movie, she still only vaguely looks like Harley Quinn, but at least she acts like Harley Quinn a little bit. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, I don't know. Being more true to the comics in a shitty movie isn't necessarily a good thing, though. I'd, I'd take making make a compelling story, make an interesting have interesting filmmaking styles. I'd take all that over trying to be truer to the comics. I don't see, but you keep saying interesting filmmaking styles. Once again, I think all the action set pieces are fucking amazing in this movie. Oh, uh, yeah. amazing is way overshooting it from my perspective. Absolutely not. They're like colorful and crazy, and they're they've got. They're all in interesting places with like interesting things going on. I don't. I, they're all. They're visually you can track them. Unlike most muddy DC shit filter movies where you can't see anything happening on the screen because Zack Snyder's poured some kind of poop water over the film. Yeah. Okay. I'm glad Zack Snyder didn't direct this, but that doesn't mean the person who directed it did a good job. I don't know who directed it, but yeah. I, yeah, I don't know. I was just frustrated as hell by this movie. I did not like it. I didn't. I don't think there's any element of it that I would say is necessarily like good. Yeah. None of the humor really worked. I'm hoping. Uh, I'm hoping Suicide Squad Two is good, and that's basically just because James Gunn is directing it. I'm probably not going to see it. No, at this stage, no. I'm like, like I'm hesitant to see the Batman if they don't come out and confirm that it's not connected to these other movies. And you you know, I'm pro Robert Pattinson, I'm pro Matt Reeves, and I like the suit that they've shown us and I still don't want to see the movie. I was sick of getting bit in the ass by these movies. And I'm on the edge, I don't know. Either Wonder Woman eighty four is gonna be fantastic or it's gonna be terrible. I feel like I could go either way and just nothing in between. Yeah. I haven't even watched the trailer for that yet. Or teaser or whatever has been made available. Yeah, I was going to say the crazy thing is that the director of the movie is Kathy Yan, who before doing Birds of Prey, she didn't, she hasn't done a lot. She's like a new director. Oh, I know what she did though. She watched Deadpool several times. She thought I could do that. I could do that, but she can't do that. Well, I mean, Har- Harley Quinn is very literally Deadpool. 
sure. I mean, I'll give DC credit. I mean, at least now they're trying to copy Marvel, which is what they should have been trying to do at the beginning. Baby steps, now just copy them correctly. All right, did you watch anything else now? Nope. <laughs> Not that he's going to say anyway. Like, no, fuck that. Did you watch anything, Doug? Um, wait. Uh, the only other thing I watched... I think you've seen Brian so I'm pretty sure you might have recommended this to me was uh, the movie My Friend Dahmer nope haven't seen it okay so it's a I don't know what you call it like a like a dramedy about Jeffrey Dahmer's senior year in high school um oh that old chestnut yeah you know you know same old same old and it's it's super weird. It tracks him as his like family is breaking down around him. Um, and meanwhile, his only friends are a group of people who literally pay him to spaz out and act weird in public so that they can get a laugh out of it. Um, super fucking weird movie, really compelling because in the midst of all this, he's off doing like those things that make you go, Oh yeah, that's, that's what a serial killer would do before he was done. Um, like, you know, he's killing animals or, you know, randomly bringing home roadkill so he can stuff it, things like that. And you're like, yeah, yeah, all serial killer behavior just going on in the background of this weird suburban landscape that they're creating. And uh, it turns out the graphic novel that this is based on was written by a guy who actually did go to high school with Dahmer. And he's a character in the movie as well. I, I didn't know that until watching it. So... But he was friends with Dahmer in high school, and he were friends to the extent that he gave him some money to watch him spaz out and helped him arrange to be in uh, – there's one really funny sequence where he uh, – they're doing the yearbook photos, and Dahmer just sneaks into every club and poses in their picture, which is actually really hilarious. And I wish I'd thought to do that in high school, but uh, – Anyways, I forget where I was going with that. But the, the point is it ends up being like a surprisingly sympathetic take on the character because it is written by a friend. Um, but not I don't know, it's sympathetic in the sense that we see all the bad things happening to him, but not to the point of it kind of exonerating him from his behavior and not to the point of like making him the victim. Yeah. So it's kind of it's it, it's it's a really unique movie. Hard to hard to describe, but it really kept me engaged the whole time. Like I kept just staring at it, going like, "What's going to happen next? What's going to happen next?" And it, you know, I don't think I'm spoiling much here. Like it ends with him, like literally picking up a hitchhiker, and then you get the post credits thing saying that you know that's hitchhiker was never seen again, kind of thing. And we get some follow up like lines across the screen, like when was he arrested? How many murders did he confess to? And all that kind of stuff, but really compelling movie I definitely recommend it to you guys um, yeah, it's been on my to watch list for a while I just haven't got around to it yeah so it was I accidentally stumbled across the trailer on YouTube and I'm like wait that's probably available somewhere for free and it was so I'm like alright let's watch that um, but yeah it's it's a really good movie but it's not like anything else I've ever seen before because it's it's all about a serial killer, but it's before he became a serial killer. And when I, when I kind of like Googled it as I was watching it and realized that it's written by somebody who knew him before he was a serial killer, it's 
it, it makes me assume that it's a more accurate take than what I thought it was going to be. So I thought it was going to be way more fictionalized. And I'm sure it's not like it's not a documentary. I'm sure it's not completely accurate, but it is. Uh, it is interesting. So I'd, I'd recommend it. You know, that way you can come along and not know how to talk about it either. Yeah, but yeah interesting. Uh, Push it up yeah, the list. it's. Yeah. Anyways, that that is all I watched this week. Unfortunately. Birds of Prey really kind of turned me off movies. It was that bad. So. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's see. I watched an 80s movie called Superstition. Um, I don't know. It's typical sort of people move into a house and find out that, oh, some weird shit used to go on there. Now it seems like it's haunted. This one, the house was specifically owned by a church, and apparently there was a bunch of... Uh, which stuff that went on happened on that land before there's always been weird shit and they apparently trapped the spirit of this witch in this uh, on this property and she can only come out at night because they have this like cross like in this pond or something Uh, and of course when they're looking for something they find the cross and take it out of the pond and that just opens it up so she can uh, just go wherever at any time. Uh, yeah, it's good. It's the the sort of main character, or the main villain or whatever, is just portrayed by a person like in a cloak and uh, weird long-ass black fingernails and stuff. And it's got some pretty good special effects for the 80s. And yeah, I enjoyed it. I watched it on... Uh, Blu-ray from my old friend, uh, old friends from uh, Scream Factory. Uh, get your get your weekly plug in. That's right. Just in case they're listening and they want to promote <laughs> us. Uh, uh, I watched uh, Gretel and Hansel. Um, okay. I was kind of excited to see. Um, it's directed by Osgood Perkins, who is Anthony Perkins' son. He's done a couple other movies. He did one called uh, Black Coat's Daughter that I really enjoyed. And I am the pretty little thing that lives in the house. I think that's the name of it. It's on. It's like a Netflix original. Yeah. Um, so I've enjoyed his movie so far, so I was kind of excited to see this. Um, it's definitely kind of a weird, slow version of the Hansel and Gretel story. Um the movie is beautiful to look at. Lots of cool imagery. Shot super well. I enjoyed it. I thought the the acting was pretty good. The story is a little weird. Just it's like I said, just kind of a weird mix up version of the Hansel and Gretel thing. I've heard. I think Amanda said that she felt like it was trying to be the witch, which I could agree with, but I didn't mind that. So I ended up enjoying it. I'm going to say if someone told me they didn't enjoy it, I would completely understand, but I, uh, I don't know. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Like I said, just visually, I was in love with it. Uh, I watched another Netflix movie called Wheelman. I'm a big fan of Frank Grillo. He was in, um, he was in the Avengers movies. He played Crossbones. 
Yeah. In uh, two of the uh, Purge movies. Uh, so I've been a big fan of his for a while, and he plays uh, a guy who, um, I guess if you mix the movie Drive with Baby Driver, where he was, he w- was in jail for... I don't know, something that they say I don't remember. And apparently he turned to like this mob or gang or something to sort of take care of his family while he was in jail. So then when he gets out, he essentially has to work for them to sort of pay back all the money that they spent taking care of his family. So he just drives these people on certain jobs and stuff like that. And this movie takes place over one night. He, in like very rarely, actually leaves the car. So most of it takes place in the car. And of course, he's driving these two guys. They're going to rob this bank. They rob it. But someone calls him and tells him to leave the two robbers as soon as they put the money in the trunk to just leave them because they're going to get in the car and shoot him. So he ends up doing it. Turns out that was not in his best interest to do. So now the person he was sort of working for is, like, super pissed at him. So essentially from this car and on his phone, he has to coordinate something with a bunch of people to figure out what the fuck is going on, you know, who he's fucked over, who's mad at him, who this rando person was that called him and told him to leave him there, and all this stuff. And I really enjoyed it. thought it was fantastic. It was just a really cool... Uh, I don't know if gimmick is the right word, but just where you don't really leave the car. I mean, like 95% of this movie, you're just in the car with this guy as he's driving and calling whoever on the phone to figure out what the fuck is going on. So I thought that was done super well. And, uh, yeah, I enjoyed it. That sounds interesting to me. That's, yeah. uh, yeah, like I said, Netflix, I think Netflix original. So, should be available. Um, then I watched another movie. Apparently I was in a Frank Grillo mood called Point Blank. And this is uh, Frank Grillo and Anthony Mackie. Okay. And it's directed by Joe Lynch, who I'm a big fan of, who did uh, Wrong Turn 2, uh, Everly with Salma Hayek. Uh, he did um, Mayhem, which came out a couple years ago. And uh, Knights of Badassdom, even though he doesn't claim that movie because it got taken away from him. Um, so Anthony Mackie is a nurse uh, studying to be a doctor. And Frank Grillo uh, is someone who was going to rob a uh, like a congressman of some sort. And it was him and his brother were going in to rob him. And shit went wrong, of course. Frank Grillo gets shot in the side and then jumps out the window. And his brother runs and takes off. So they get separated. Frank Grillo ends up getting hit by a car and taken to the hospital. And uh, Anthony Mackey ends up being his nurse. Goes in to check on him. And his brother had snuck in. And was like hiding in the room and then, you know, hits him over the head and takes off. So the police come to talk to him. And the next day, uh, the brother goes and kidnaps Anthony Mackey's 
wife who is like seven and a half months pregnant and basically tells him he has to get his brother out of the hospital and to meet, you know, to meet up and give him his, his brother and then he'll let his wife go. So then it becomes this like, you know, if you don't do this shit, I'm going to kill your wife and sort of Anthony Mackie trying to figure out a way to get, to get away with all this stuff, get, get him out of the hospital and then get them away from other people that are sort of hunting them down and whatnot. Uh, thoroughly enjoyed this too. Lots of good action scenes. Um, yeah. I believe another Netflix original. Apparently I was in a Netflix mood that night. Um, watched a movie called Visions with Ilsa Fisher. Where she is pregnant and starts seeing weird shit in this house that they just bought. Um, apparently she had been on antidepressants before she got pregnant. And now, of course, she's off of them since she's going to have a baby. And her husband and her doctor are trying to chalk it up to she's off her antidepressants, so she's kind of going crazy. But that is very much not the case. And uh, some some weird shit ends up happening. Um, but I don't want to spoil it. Even though, like, I call I called it pretty much like 20 minutes into the movie, like how it was going to resolve itself. Um, but, so if you take the movie, um, inside and then add a bunch of supernatural shit to it, it's kind of how this movie sort of ends up. Okay. Yeah. So. Sounds pretty fucked up. Yeah, sort of. Um, I wouldn't say it's super successful at it, but it, uh, you know. It was all right. I think the fact that I realized 20 minutes in, like, how it was going to end, I just kind of got bored with it. But, you know, other people may enjoy it. Just uh, ended up not working for me, but that's my own fault. It's your own fault for being <laughs> Pretty much. It's like, oh, I know what's going on. Oh, they're pointing all this shit out now, and I know what that means. Um, uh, and then the last thing I watched was Empire of the Ants, because I just wanted a movie where giant ants start attacking people. Which you should always want, so. Exactly. That movie's great. <laughs> yeah. Another uh, another Blu-ray from uh, Scream Factory. Um, it's a double feature disc, which it's teamed up with Jaws of Satan. Which I've read the description, and I'm probably going to have to watch this week because it's a movie where Satan turns into a cobra, and a bunch of weird shit happens. See, I could never watch that movie because I'd be so upset that Satan wasn't turning into a shark with a title like that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, so this company is dumping barrels of toxic waste off the the coast into the ocean, and of course, one of those washes up on a beach and it looks like basically like liquid metal terminator leaking out of it and the ants get into it and it makes them grow to super giant size and just so happens the, the shore that they're on this lady is trying to sell in very much a seems like a scam sort of way like hey buy this beachfront property and it'll be worth millions within like five years and uh, 
Doesn't so sound course. like a scam to me. <laughs> so, of course, like, while these people are checking this out, giant ants start picking them off, and then all of a sudden they're they're on the run, like, oh, shit, don't let the giant ants kill us. And, of course, the giant ants end up causing their boat to explode. So they then have to take a much smaller rowboat down the river to try to get to, I don't know, wherever they're trying to go. And, of course, they keep stopping, and giant ants keep eating them. Uh, the fuck did I give it? Oh, yeah, four stars, because it's absolutely fantastic. It's everything you want out of a movie that promises you giant ants. Yeah. When the ants start, they start enslaving the people at one point, right? Yeah, towards the end, it's like a weird thing yeah. where, yeah, you find out the queen can, like, use her pheromones to hypnotize people and make them do stuff for the ants. Oh, for a minute there, I thought you were going to say that the ants start farming people like aphids. <laughs> well, I mean, sort of, I guess. Yeah, in a weird kind of way pretty good though they just have them loading up sugar yeah giant sugar refinery um yeah the movie's awesome and part of the uh special visual effects that the director did um is they shoot like super uh um you explain it um like magnified like film of ants like you know yeah um with like uh in very like a bunch of sticks and stuff and of course they're shooting the rest of the movie in a forest but they actually find a pretty good way of like combining the two so it actually yeah. looks pretty good for 1977 which floored me every now like, and again the ants are crawling towards the people and they crawl up the wall that's ending yeah. their shot yeah. and it's a little bit funny to watch but yeah. overall it's pretty good yeah, I mean, yeah, there's a couple times where it doesn't work so well, but I mean, for the most part, I was shocked how how well it holds up because I figured it would be cheesy as shit. But no, like, I think you can you can tell how it's done when you watch the movie, but that doesn't yeah. necessarily take you out of it. It's no, no, no. I think it's more just like, oh shit, this was 1977, and look how good that looks. Like it's it's just kind of baffling. Um, and then I looked it up, and it turns out this guy also directed the year before the Food of the Gods, which we also uh -oh. enjoyed. So yeah, I didn't even realize it was the same director. That's awesome. Um, so yeah, absolutely love this movie. Um, if nobody's seen it before, definitely a high recommend, especially if you love giant ants. Yeah, killing people. Yeah, I, I really like that movie. We rewatched it. Well, we did it on the last Horrorcast, but it was before you joined it, so. Oh, there we go. Way back when. That was the last time I watched it, but I remember really enjoying it. See if it's the same director, because I also got a double feature disc of Food of the Gods and Frogs. So, it seems like it would be a better double feature disc if it was Empire of the Ants and Food of the Gods, but. They both claim to be based on H.G. Wells stories, don't they? They do. No, I don't think either of them actually are, but they no. used the titles from H.G. Wells stories. Apparently it's like, uh, I haven't like researched it, but from what I've, what I saw, it's like the loosest definition of adapted from. Here's a brief glimpse of some of the truly fine pictures we've scheduled in the near future. 
right, so Noah, what are we watching next week? Uh, I've, I figured uh, we should get back to the namesake and do some sleazy drive-through movies. Yeah. Uh, so we're gonna do Teenage Mother and Sinful Dwarf. No, I'm just playing. Uh, we're gonna do <laughs> Barbarella and Sorceress. Ooh. Jesus. Right. You're way back. You're up at the top of the list. You didn't even scroll down when you logged in. <laughs> Well, at first, I, those, uh, the movies put me in the mood for gory horror movies, but there's really only uh, one left in the list. And I was like, well, fuck. We got to start adding some. Yeah. That's all right. But Barbarella, we get boobs in space. And then Sorceress, we get boobs in boobs medieval in the times. Past. That's right. <laughs> boobs. Boobs throughout history. <laughs> in the future and the past. That's the theme for next week's show. I love it. It's nice when everything flows together. Please remember to replace the speaker on the post when you leave the theater. We used to watch the movie like right before we recorded, like everybody in the same room. And now, folks, it's time to say goodnight. We sincerely appreciate your patronage and hope we've succeeded in bringing you an enjoyable evening of entertainment. Please drive home carefully and come know. back again soon. Good night. Thanks. 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 With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. <laughs>